Hey everyone, welcome back to the Worldview Minute. Uh, as we wrap up the doctrine of God here, we're going to talk about his character. When we think about who God is, and we've talked several times about this idea of God being both infinite and personal. And as we, we've dealt with the personal side, especially with the Trinity and God relating to his creation, but now we're going to look at his infinite perfections. Because that origin spot, where we look at, or that source of everything, has to be able to explain the universe that we inhabit, the world that we live in. If there is no personal God, then everything is reduced to the impersonal, including uh, you and me. But we do have a personal beginning, a, a personal God. But we also have to account for all the wonders and the glories that we see in this universe. And when you, when you look at the, uh, the telescopes they're sending out into deep space, and they're taking these magnificent pictures, and we all marvel at them, and we stand in awe of them, and we say, wow, look at how great and marvelous this is, and the universe just seems to keep going and going and going, and its beauty seems unmatched and unparalleled, and that's on the macro side. And then you, you look inside a microscope and you look at the micro beauty of the complication of DNA and the organization of our cells and the order and the design that we've talked about. The origin of the universe, which we're going to talk about with God, has to be able to explain both that macro beauty and that micro beauty and, and fine tuning. And the Bible lays out a vision of who God is in his infinite perfections. That he is the three times holy God. Holy, holy, holy. That he is perfect. The Hebrew uses that term three times in a row to, to emphasize its perfection. He is a perfect definition uh, of holiness. That is the God that we worship. That is the God who has made everything. The God who creates everything. And so when we talk about the character of God, we're really looking at the God we worship, the God we relate to, and even, yes, the God uh, that we reflect as we bear his image as, as human beings. And so as we traditionally talk about who God is, his characteristics, his nature, we talk about the, the different omnis, the, the all, that God is, um, is omnipotent, that is, he's all-powerful. That God has the power to do anything and everything that is in accordance with his character. Right, there's nothing more powerful in this universe than God because everything in this universe is dependent upon God. God is the most powerful being. He is all powerful. He can do everything that he wants to do. I may want to be able to fly like a bird, but I can't because I, I'm a human. I'm not all powerful, but God is all powerful. He can do everything that is in accordance with his character. Now, sometimes uh, people who think they're being clever, but are really just being ridiculous will say, well, I can prove that God isn't all powerful because uh, God can't create a rock uh, that is too big for him to lift because either God can't create that rock or he can't lift that rock. And so then people say, well, see, clearly God can't be all powerful, but that is more like phrasing in a sentence something that is logically absurd. It's a preposterous statement. It is a, it is a meaningless statement. It's like saying, can a square be a circle? Well, no, it's a definitional reality. God cannot do something that is against his own character. So the answer to the question is, no, he cannot because your question is stupid. Your question doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's a non-logical thing. God does everything that is in accordance with who he is. He doesn't do things, and logic flows from God. God isn't bound by logic, but logic is inherent to who he is and his character. God does what is in accordance with who he is. If you're going to make a logically inconsistent question, like can 2 plus 2 equal 5, or can a square be a circle, or can God create a rock that too, so big that he can't lift it, then we can just be illogical in our answers too. You want us to be illogical in the question, but not illogical in the answer. Well, if we are going to be illogical in the question, then I could also be illogical in the answer. Well, then yes, God can create it, and God can lift it. You say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, neither does your question. Uh, the next thing we talk about is that God is uh, omniscient. 
God is omniscient. That is, God knows everything. That everything that can be known, everything that has ever happened, that is currently happening, and that ever will happen, God knows it all. In fact, his power, his sovereignty, he directs all events to his desired end. But there is nothing that occurs, whether it's in your heart, your mind, or out in the universe at the subatomic level, or to the big events of life. All of those things are known, and known perfectly, thoroughly, and exhaustively by God. And in fact, he declares at some level for all of those things to happen. God is also omnipresent. That means he is present throughout his entire universe. God is not limited to being in only one location like we are. With our modern technology, we like to have this this idea that we can somehow know everything, like 24-hour news cycle, news media, social media, always bringing us knowledge. We also like to feel that we can be present everywhere because of all the technology we have, but we're still limited, finite creatures who can only be in one place at one time. God is not limited by space. God is not limited by time, and indeed, space and time are created realities that are dependent upon God. God himself is not dependent upon those things, but he rather rules over those things and governs those things to his own end. And then when we think a little bit more about the character of God, we also realize that God, in his nature, at the core of who he is, there's this debate that goes on between theologians, is is the core of who God is, is it love or is it holiness? Is God ultimately love or is he ultimately holy? And we do this in such a way that we think that there's a tension between love and holiness, but there really isn't. There really isn't. And in fact, if we take a step back, because more of us would tend to, well, God is love, and the Bible does say that, but God is holy. The Bible actually says that way, 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 way more times, hundreds of more times than it says that he is love. But there is no tension between love and holiness in God. David Wells, in his book, uh, God in the Whirlwind, God in the Whirlwind, he talks about that, that the heart of God's character is not either holiness or love, but it is a holy love with a hyphen between the two. It's a one term. That all of God's character attributes, all of who he is, his righteousness, his goodness, um, his uh, long-suffering, his mercy, all of those things fall under this umbrella that God is holy love. That his love is holy and his holiness is loving. That those things work perfectly together because that is who he is between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy, 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 and the source of an infinite, eternal love. And we can wrap um, all of this up by saying that God is also transcendent. God is intimate within his uh, with or imminent within his creation, that he is always present everywhere. He is upholding, actively involved with his creation, but he is also. He is also transcendent, that he is greater than. When we talk about all these different omnis, right? he's all-powerful. All right? He knows, he's all-knowing, he's all-present. That distinguishes him from his creation. That distinguishes him as something utterly different, external, and of a whole other category than his creation is. That God is greater than everything that we see and experience in this universe. And that is why we worship him. Our very existence hinges upon this God who made the far reaches of space and the forming of nebulas and stars and who also has the intricate details of making the human cell and bringing forth from it life, bringing life from his own abundance of life. This is the God who created. And we know all of these things, not because we are special, not because we figured those things out by logic, but because God himself has declared those things to us. He has spoken so that we might know him. He has spoken so that as we see who he is, we might see who the, or what the world is better, and we might see who we are more clearly. So let's make just two, two real quick worldview applications. The first is this, that if we want to know anything rightly in this universe, 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. How do we get to a point where we can't even know boys are boys and girls are girls? How do we get to a point where we're starting to say that math and science are actually oppressive? Well, we get there because once you cut yourself out off from the fountain of all knowledge, the fear of the Lord, once you cut him off from that, everything is up for grabs. None of this matters. None of this has any meaning. It's all just a game of power. And whoever has the power gets to make the rules. But God, or the scriptures say, and Christianity says, that God made everything. God defines everything. And that if you want to know anything fully, truly, and rightly in this world, you have to fear the Lord first. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. It is the foundation of all knowledge. And we cannot fully or rightly know the things of this world if we reject God. That is what we have to come to terms with. And the second thing, we've made this application before, is this humbles us. This shows us quite clearly, you're not God. I'm not God. I'm not the standard of truth. I'm not the standard of life. I'm not the standard of right and wrong. God is. And when you see the God who is all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing, infinitely holy, infinitely loving, then you must bow down and worship him. And so the Christian worldview is submitting ourselves to who God is and living in light of who he is through the fear of the Lord, knowing that he is God and we are not. So I I encourage you to like, share, subscribe to these videos and these podcasts here, share them with friends as we continue to build the Christian worldview, putting this theology together and showing how it should impact how we live throughout all of life.